Hey, Selfish Babe, if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, I recommend trying Anchor by Spotify. It's the platform I love for podcasting. I really love it because some days you just want to get out what you want to say easily, and the Anchor app allows you to record your podcast right from your phone. One of my favorite things I love about Anchor is that you can add background music to each episode and cut audio quickly to add in advertisements. Anchor will distribute your podcast to all the major platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. Anchor is free. To get started, go to anchor.fm to start your podcast today. Maybe one day you'll be making millions from your podcast. Hello, beautiful Selfish Babe. Welcome back to another Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast with me, your host, Olanike Osipawale. Today's podcast is an audio podcast. And in today's episode, I am interviewing Aisha, who is an astrologist, and uh, she has, she's a really beautiful soul. I really enjoyed her interview. We talk about astrology. We talk about her spiritual journey, a lot of her traveling, and her multiple uh, different types of jobs. And I really love the conversation because she really shows that it's all possible to really make a living from doing what you love. And so I'm affirming that as you guys are listening to it, you also know that it's possible for you to live the life you love. I also want to introduce my new Selfish Babe Glow Up Tech Society. Right now, we have about 10,000 people on my general text line. And on my general text line, I send updates about my daily life, my thoughts on self-love, my thoughts on spirituality, you know, things like that. But now what I really want to do is narrow down not really narrow down, but really want to expand a specific text line to where I'm sending specific affirmative prayers to you. I'm really wanting to help people who are ready to speak bigger about themselves, to really want to grow in their confidence and really, you know, want to let go of negative self-talk and doubt, but don't really know how. And I'm always talking to you guys about the importance of prayer, the importance of speaking good into your life. And so what I'm doing is I'm going to be sending specific prayers to those who are ready to create change in their lives. I help you to unshackle your mind from doubt, disbelief, negative self-talk, and more. It's all possible for you and starts with our words and what we think about ourselves. Your words can create change in your actions. If you're ready to start speaking better and praying better and being a blessing to yourself and want my specific affirmative prayers three times a week delivered to your text messages, then join. You can find the link below in the show notes and it's called the glow up tech society you can also find the link in the bio of the at selfish babes instagram page i love you guys thank you let's get into today's episode and make sure to screenshot and share on your instagram and tag at selfish babes and at olenike osipawale so that i know that you're listening let's get into it Hello, my beautiful Selfish Babes. It is your girl, Olenike Osibowale here, bringing you another Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. And today I have the beautiful Aisha at alt.oracle on Instagram telling us all about the beautiful world of astrology. Can you say hello, Aisha? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this chat. Thank you for joining. I'm excited as well. I don't think that we've had a podcast where anybody has talked about astrology yet, even though I think it's very important and you're going to tell us why it's important <laughs> and my selfish babes will know why it's important. Um, in terms of just knowing yourself more, so I just want to say thank you for being the first guest that's talking about astrology. I know that your work is important and I'm just so excited for my selfish babes to be able to explore something else that helps 
them to learn themselves better. That's always beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anytime I bring a guest onto the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast, I always want to ask, has there been something that you feel like that has been traumatizing or an obstacle that you faced growing up? And if so, please share and definitely share some of your background with us because I really find that to be so important for my Selfish Babe. It's something that I'm very passionate in knowing. I love when people can come and just share what they've been through because for me, what you've been through is not all of you. And I know sometimes when we're going through those challenging times and moments, that feels like it, right? And there's just so much more after that. And so I love to hear other Selfish Babes journeys when they come on the podcast about what their journey has been. So please share. Hmm. Thank you so much for giving me the space to share that because my story has been something I really resonate with what you say about we're not our story because there's times where I've felt very suffocated by my own story or very, you know, as if it's telling me who I am or what is my worth. So the transformation of that has been a huge part of my life. So it's such a pleasure and privilege to be able to speak about it in a safe space. I have transformed a lot of things in my life and a lot of that stemmed from a childhood where there's a lot of darkness around me, a lot of dark energies from really awful uh, sleep paralysis experiences at night to having a very thin veil and being a psychic and empathic child without knowing what that meant or how to have proper energetic boundaries and hygiene. So things like really scary spiritual experiences, as well as coming from a household where there was rockiness, there was different different levels on the spectrum of abusive experiences and scary experiences more so actually chaos and instability. And when you're experiencing chaos and instability or being you know, alone for long periods of time, not knowing what's going on and not feeling safe, that really teaches you how to treat yourself or it really teaches you, you know, what to expect. Like this is the world, this is life. These are the hands that I was dealt. Yeah. We moved around a lot. So I was really uprooted. I really, I really felt a lack of roots my give whole us, life. Give us a location. Where are you? A location. So <laughs> I was born, my family is from Pakistan. They immigrated to Canada in the 80s. I was born in Toronto, Canada. And then when I was six years old, we moved to BC, which is the West Coast. So north of Seattle, north of California. And I currently live in BC and I'm totally in nature. But I grew up in cities. So I was in big cities, feeling instability feeling chaos, moving a lot, new school, new school, new school, feeling very, very shut down at school. Um, I had all this unprocessed trauma and nervous system things that I just had no idea about. So school just felt like torture. Like it just felt like I couldn't do anything. Just walking around, kicking rocks by myself in the schoolyard, not able to connect with others because I was just felt like this raw nerve. Like I felt like this just unprotected, raw confused just like ball of kind of like nervous system hypervigilance and things like that but of course I didn't know about that at the time when I was 15 years old well backtrack a little bit when I was 14 years old I discovered astrology on the internet and that was the first time in my life that I felt seen by anything or anyone even though what it was was an article on the internet an article on a very old website called astrology-online.com that's like one of the OG astrology websites and I felt so seen for like the first time in my life very strange experience to be sitting at a computer 
And to interrupt, I don't even want to apologize for interrupting, but I really just want to have some background clarity. I know you said that you grew up and you felt that you grew up with very dark energy around you. How did you know that? How did you know and sense that you had dark energy around you? And how did you know and sense that you had psychic abilities? Like, take us through that. Like, how did you know what happened? Yeah. So, and it's funny because a lot of this is reflected in my astrological chart as well. Um, And I can't go into all the technical details of that, but, you know, learning astrology really helped me to make sense of this in retrospect. But at the time, my experiences were a lot of sleep paralysis and nightmares. So experiencing kind of like nighttime of uh, supernatural visitations, seeing, literally seeing things, feeling things, um, experiencing things. And Uh, psychic dreams and things like that as well as unprocessed emotions coming up in dreams in very intense ways so something that I feel now is that you know all of us and our our parents and our families we're all human we're all human beings our parents are are just a divine child they're children of the divine as well doing their best and different generations especially older generations they're not getting Reiki all the time. They're not necessarily processing and healing their traumas. So as a very sensitive child myself, for example, my moon moon sign is in Pisces and I have other very sensitive placements in my chart. I felt like I was the one in my family that had this bit of a crack where all of what had been unprocessed could go into where it seemed like other people were able to not perceive that or able to maybe pretend that that wasn't the case. But for me, it was so unignorable that there was dark energies flying around, emotional energies, thought forms, as well as literal spiritual experiences. So for example, predicting deaths that occurred, um, being visited by different entities that had passed on and things like that, basically like completely undisciplined mediumship abilities. Mm. I like I like that you you dove d- deep into that. Now, when you had those experiences as a child, did you go to your parents and be like, "I saw this, I felt this," and if you did, how were you received? Uh, a little bit, but I, I also just never felt safe to really talk to my family about things. I was I may have even been overly private. Like I really, I was very kind of closed into myself because I had a feeling that I was not safe. So I don't really have too many memories of that, but I know that, you know, my maternal line do experience different psychic gifts. So I know that that was something that we did speak about. For example, my mom and my sister used tarot before I ever met anyone else who used the tarot. And my grandma as well has uh, many, many beautiful um, psychic gifts. May she rest in peace. Um, So I know that that would have been something that was accepted, but I really was very internal to myself. And I really did not open up about a lot of things because I just didn't feel safe to do so. I understand that. And is there a specific reason why I did not feel safe as a child? I think it didn't even feel safe when I was in the womb. And that's something that I can see from my astrology chart. And if anyone's ever looking at their chart and whenever I share anything within this podcast about the chart, you know, some things are going to sound very advanced or like very, you know, it it is another language. But if someone is has their birth chart in front of them and they want to look at their fourth house in their birth chart, the fourth house, which is the bottom and the houses are like pizza slice triangles around the chart. The fourth house, which is right at the bottom, is about like the base of who we are. So it's like roots, ancestry, family and our home. So the energies that I personally have within that fourth house are energies which feel scary and overwhelming. 
so someone else could have those same placements without having my same experiences and they might still feel that same feeling of like i'm just not quite safe here for some reason and that can even be something that was felt when we are in the womb which is the space that we're supposed to feel the most safe but not all of us did feel safe even in that space possibly because of like fear stress or adrenaline that was experienced by our mother during pregnancy or and i because i do so many readings for people you know up to 50 readings in a month and I will speak to people who have similar placements to this. And for some of them, they're like, oh, my family's amazing. We're so close and it's incredible. But my mom wasn't able to keep down food during the pregnancy. So there's still this aspect of worry or, or fear that's going through her body. Okay. And what about after you came out of the womb in terms of not feeling safe? What was going on? I'd say the biggest thing was nightmares. Like the biggest thing was not feeling safe in my own bedroom, not feeling safe, like, you know, resting and sleeping is a very vulnerable space it's like our most vulnerable thing we do we're like completely unconscious and when I would do that many nightmares would occur and different scary experiences so I sometimes wouldn't want to sleep in my own bedroom I'd sleep on the couch in the living room or just want to be near my parents so that that was where a lot of it was and it was almost like really not sleeping a lot and then being in a very kind of uh almost altered state when I was awake because of like hardly ever sleeping at night so just feeling like a little weird kid (laughs) I can only imagine like being afraid to go to sleep you know I'm trying to say like sleep is supposed to be an experience of rest you're naturally Mm -hmm. get tired like naturally and so being afraid to go to sleep and I just think that's pretty rough you know what I'm trying to say that's very rough yeah. but I know that you're looking at now in hindsight like those were the beginnings of your development I think you said you had you had said a statement in terms of mediumship but it you said something before it but I forgot what it was I think it was undisciplined yes undisciplined mediumship and then now you went into astrology and how you found that so take us there So then, yeah, we moved to British Columbia from Toronto, which is kind of like moving from, I think, like Chicago to Seattle. Like it would be like that kind of a distance and a lot of uprooting, never making friends in school, you know, and I would always just leave again and lots of different homes so that 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 energy of the fourth house in my chart, which is the house of home, it was right from the womb into the literal homes that I lived in as a child and just a lot of uprooting. And then when I discovered astrology, it was, I can so remember the sensation of reading that very first article about my sun sign Aquarius and just feeling like the, are you an Aquarius too? Yes. (laughs) That does not surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. I love that so much. So reading that and being like, oh my God, like I am seen right now. I'm not just, I've always felt like I was kind of a shadow, you know, even in school, just like I'm just in a shadow hiding in the background and no, you know, no one could understand what I'm going through. And I just can't connect with people. It felt like, and I felt so connected with these words. They were just ringing so true that it was almost like, it's hard to even explain it. It's a remembrance. Basically. It's like everything I'm reading, I've never seen this before, but it's a remembrance that's happening. And throughout that time of really struggling, especially when, once the teen years started and my, my angst and my hormones, and I was just like, so, you know, reaching such a point that I chose to drop out of school and leave my home and move out of my home and move into Vancouver city. And so that was when I was 15 years old. And why, why, why did you just not, not feeling safe at home, not feeling happy at home, different, different levels of mostly 
it's hard to use the word abuse sometimes because I would say it's more of an emotional and verbal abuse that was not intended to be so, but really comes from when others haven't done their spiritual healing, when others aren't on their spiritual path of like actualization, when others aren't on the path of really processing their own trauma. Then when you're that youngest child who's really, really sensitive, it can just feel like too much pain. And I really needed to free myself from that and just be free because something else that was really challenging for me was there is certain collective traumas that exist within the Pakistani culture, specifically around being a woman and yeah. doing what we want to do, yes. right? So Pakistani culture is an Islamic culture. And I believe there's so much beauty in the Islamic religion. There's so much poetry in the Sufi poets and things like that. But there is certain just collective traumas that is really complex really hard to process and that impacted my mother my grandmother my my brother my father you know what I mean it, it's I have a lot of compassion I really love those people so 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 very much and everyone really has done so much growth since that time but at that time it felt like my very being was a walking sin like everything about me was a walking sin and this is a country where there still are honor killings which happen where women can be murdered legally because of almost anything because of almost anything and there's this it's a very like heavy understanding when it's like oh if I was being who I am here and I was in a different country I could be murdered for the things I'm doing even though what I'm doing to me I'm an Aquarius you know what the yeah. fuck it is like we I'm just trying to be myself I'm not hurting anyone yeah. I'm just be I just know who I am and I'm just being that yeah. but everything the way I dress now I have tattoos on my hands I got a tattoo on my neck I got a lip piercing when I was like 15 you know it was like I was like this walking just a neon sign of like I'm a sinner and I was just I was just being myself I was just being myself so I had to I had to leave you went over a lot and I'm like so intrigued because I like that you brought the culture right Mm -hmm. and how certain aspects of the culture that you may have grown up in there's some aspects that hmm maybe in your soul don't don't fit right so you said your very essence of being a woman and you talked about how you can be being yourself as a woman and maybe in, in different, uh, in, in Pakistan, for example, there's honorary killings, right? Can you give me an example of what that is? And I know you said there could be a multitude of things that the woman can do, but just give me one solid example. And what is an honor killing? Like, what does that look like? You know, I know some people may sound like <laughs> graphic, but like, what is that? You don't mean that. Yeah, so there's a lot of your it's almost like so many different cases, um, but one real life case because my mom actually has a blog about this um, where she actually because she can write it in English where many people don't actually they're not actually aware of what's going on in Pakistan because it's not news. It's not news normal. It's just yeah. normal. It doesn't it's not going to be on the news. Right. But she receives like the actual news in Pakistan and she will actually write this on a blog and share certain stories. So it can be from things that's very, you know, okay someone uh like has premarital sex or they cheated on their partner or something like that that would be something that seems like very 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 justified but then there's also other situations that are really just like oh my god i can't believe this happened so i'll share a real story that happened 
I don't know the names of these people and I just say this with so much love and so much honor and so much, um, you know, privilege to be able to actually share the story and may it spread an awareness that helps the healing of these paradigms. Um, but there was a story of two young girls, um, maybe in their teens or twenties and their, their aunties, the two young girls had these men that they were in love with. So there's there's arranged marriages and there is love marriages. And love yeah. marriages is when you marry for love and arranged marriage is when it's arranged. So they had uh, these people that they were, these men that they were in love with. They, you know, no premarital sex or anything. They're good good Muslim girls and following the rules that they choose to follow. And they, their aunties were helping them communicate with these partners so that they could get married. Everything, you know, everything according to how things are supposed to be. Like you get married first and then you're able to like be with this person and things like that. So they were trying to actually do this very much in alignment with what the, what the rules and structures were. But because they that was not an approved marriage the aunties and the 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 girls and the aunties were all killed and they were actually buried alive so i have a question why wasn't it approved the the people the parents didn't like the selection not sure it might have been the family that they come from there's a lot of classism and things like that it might have been the family that they come from I don't know all the details because it can literally be almost anything. It can li- it can literally be almost anything. Okay, because I'm like, okay, did they actually get married or just their? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they did. Okay, and so yeah. in terms of the honorary killing, buried alive, as in they're alive, maybe tied up, put into a hole, buried, and nobody's gonna come. No one's gonna come, and there's no. It's it's not. Uh, there's no per- repercussion for the person who does that. It doesn't have to be done in secret. Can only men do these killings? Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> but uh, that being said, I'm definitely not an expert in these things yeah. because I'm someone who was born in Canada and, you know, it's it's hard to even look at these things. And if there are Pakistani people that are listening to this, you know, it can be very hard to look at certain things about our culture. And I think it's really important to find what is beautiful about the culture so that we're still coming from a space of love and coming from a space not of rejecting the culture, but yeah. uh, coming from a space of believing in an evolution of that culture and believing in a healing of that yeah I really like that perspective because I too agree with that I think they're okay so I come from a Jamaican background and I mean I can't think of anything off right now but when I look at other cultures in general I like global cultures I like learning about different cultures different people there are certain things about certain cultures I'm like oh that's so good but then there's certain things I'm like I don't know if I agree with that can we because I feel like it suppresses women it's Mm -hmm. a lot of it suppresses women and so I'm just like I'm careful because I'm just like, well, is this innately the culture or is this innately the culture and there is patriarchy added? You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? And so if there wasn't patriarchy added, what would the culture be? And I feel like what mm. was so beautiful, which is about the evolution and what that could look like. And I know as Aquarius, is I, we are like change makers. <laughs> yep. So even you talking about how you know, you just want to be yourself, but innately in your culture, some of being yourself is looked down is looked down upon, and maybe mm-hmm. in that country you could get killed. And so, mm-hmm. I can definitely understand how that could be tough. But that is definitely a question that I I have asked myself multiple times because I don't want to be the person not in the culture, and it's like already judging. I'm just like, but I think things can be done differently, and how can we still have tradition and evolve and and get and bring in the new without necessarily mm-hmm. eradicating the whole culture, right? 
So I'm just even glad that you brought that up because I'm just like, I think about that a lot. <laughs> yep, I totally feel you on that. And you know, the thing is with patriarchy is that it it doesn't just harm women. It harms everyone regardless of gender and it harms men a lot as well because then, you know, how are they treating their own divine feminine? They're doing, you know what I mean? They're If they're tied their auntie and their daughter up because they want to marry someone who's not the arranged marriage person, then they're doing the same thing to their own divine feminine, their own emotions. They're tying her up, putting her in a hole, and burying her alive, right? So that's such a great analogy. (laughs) Ah, I didn't think about that. I just thought about, for me, I was like, who birthed these people? A woman, a womb. You came from a womb space. And so when I think about some of the things that happen to feminine bodies, I'm just like, but you would literally not exist if it wasn't from a womb. Like, how can we treat women like this? But you talked about the divine feminine, all of us, and that's no matter the gender, because we all have divine masculine, divine feminine. And you gave a really beautiful example of their tying up the divine feminine within mm. them. Ah, oh, I just gotta snap that. That was so good. <laughs> And this is actually something which is shown and reflected in the current astrology because there's a transit that's happening right now where Chiron, which is a planetoid, or sometimes people look at it as an asteroid, it's a planetoid, and Chiron is the archetype of the wounded healer. So the wounded healer archetype. So we have a Chiron in our chart. This is telling us of an unhealed karmic wound that is expressing in this lifetime in order to be transmuted, and it actually becomes our greatest healing gift. We also have Chiron in the sky. And so transit planet, and transit Chiron, the transit things, when I refer and use that word, I'm referring to, it's in the sky right now. It's influencing the whole collective. So we all have the one that was in our birth chart, that placement, it's like a snapshot of the moment we were born. And that's like, that chart is the blueprint for our whole life. Then there's also the same exact same bodies are in the sky right now and they're impacting the collective. And people that are born right now will have that as their natal Chiron, which means it's in their natal chart or their birth chart. So right now, the wounded healer archetype is in the sign of air the sign of the divine masculine. Okay. So this is bringing up wounded masculine energy within men as well as within women. So I love that. It's like, this is selfish talk because that is kind of what it's about. It's like Aries energy when it's, whenever we're looking at a Chiron placement, we want to think about, okay, this is, it's saying that there's a wound here that's being healed, but let's also tap into what's the highest expression of this. So the highest expression of Aries is warrior energy, boundaries, my strong, yes, my strong, no, this is what I want. And I take initiative towards that. So when we think of wounded masculine energy in women, it can be that often, this is just just generalized statement because it can totally be in reverse for the different individuals. But in general, a lot of women find have trouble and resistance on saying no, saying this is what I want. I'm going to go after what I want. Kind of when I think of like uh, the corporate world, for example, women often have to soften everything they say because they don't want to be too seen as too aggressive and et cetera, et cetera. Then for some people, it's the overcompensation of that energy of being like, I'm going to dominate others because that helps me feel in power. So either way, there's like an imbalance going on and it's often, okay. So using like men, just generalization for men, you know, their emotions, what they're taught from different messaging from media, school, 
movies and maybe their own caregivers as well, is that the only emotions that are okay is like happiness and anger, right? Or like power and anger, sadness, no, hugging your friends, that's gay, you know, crying, you're like, you're a homo, like all that, which there's obviously nothing wrong with being gay, being gay is fucking awesome, but that's some of the messaging that they receive. So then therefore there's like the boxing away of the divine feminine of the feeling and talking to their friends and stuff like that. But then some, so some people overcompensate, but then some men saw their fathers, for example, hold power and masculine energy in a way that is toxic. So then they reject that and they become very, very soft and they find it uncomfortable to hold their masculine power. So all of that spectrum and everything in between, and this is also including anyone who's non-binary as well with the archetypal energies of the warrior that exists in their universe, like that they are. It's about bringing it into balance. We can hold our power, our boundaries go after what we want in a way that is never dominating over other people and feels really authentic and right for us. So that's happening right now. And like, it really coincided with like the Me Too movement. It really coincides with more and more men's circles popping up and like men's like spiritual yeah, circles. Yeah. And it's the, I'm just like, yes. I like it <laughs> because oh. when like you know we have like the women's circles a lot of times the men are like well what about the men and then the women are like well the men gotta heal the men too and so now I've seen a lot of men's circles being led by men and I yes. think that's beautiful because I'm just like finally you know so I like the full explanation about that and I want to take us back to okay you're 15 you've moved out you're just discovering astrology what's up so yeah, reading about astrology, and I love that, um, you know, before we started recording, you were talking about how like the, the energy and the medicine of this podcast is around like selfishly loving ourselves or loving ourselves selfishly through spiritual practice. That pretty much describes what I was doing. I was just looking at my chart, reading my chart. I wasn't trying to learn to read charts. I was just literally trying to understand myself, my crazy life. Why has it been so hard? Why does it feel so fucking hard? And just coming back again and again and again and again to my chart, which is looking at myself in a mirror that's what it is when you start to understand the language so I was just kind of like being obsessed with myself in a way just like what does this mean what does this mean what does this mean and just deeper 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 and I still look at my chart like every single day and I'm 32 now so that was you know I think around 18 years ago that I began this journey so then moved out when I was 15 I moved to the city I lived with roommates who were older than me I did a lot of different types of jobs usually service industry jobs, working on my feet a lot, working multiple jobs. And there was a story that if I did not have a degree, I would never have a good job. So, you know, when it was, when I was like, Hey, I'm dropping out of high school. There was a lot of the stories being told of like, Oh, well, you'll never get a good job if you do that. So I was like, I, then I guess I'm never going to get a good job because I'm an Aquarius. You know what we're saying? You know, you can't stop me from being free. Like I have to do this. But I did accept the story that, okay, well, if I do this, it means I won't have a good job. Mm -hmm. So I really struggled with money. And we also struggled with money when I was a child. So different things of different periods of welfare and food bank and stuff like that, because my mom and dad would separate. And so sometimes I'd live with one, then the other. And there was a lot of instability going around, going along. Yeah. So I would just, you know, I felt I was a lot younger than the people around me. So I was living in a, a really cool roommate situation with all these artists and musicians that were all in their 20s. And here I am like 15, 16, 17, just really shut down, nervous system, just frazzled, just not feeling safe, but trying, trying, putting myself out there. Yeah. Then I, During that, what's that? Were you scared at all? Like with these new people around you, even though you had the freedom of not being in the house, did you ever feel like, 
I don't know. I mean, I know you had a feeling of unsafety, but did you feel like afraid sometimes during those times when you were out? I, I did for sure. Yeah, I did. Um, and when I think back on the things I did at that age, I'm like, damn, like I, I almost feel like I wouldn't do that now. Like, you know what I mean? I, I definitely have a lot of like respect for my younger version of myself who got me in, out and into certain other situations and all the things that she tried because yeah, I just, there's a lot of marveling of like, oh my God, did I really do that? That's, that's a little bit quicker. When I think of my niece who is, is around that age, uh, like doing that, I'd be like, oh my God, like, don't do that, please. <laughs> yeah. Continue. I just thought yeah. about myself when I was 15, mm-hmm. high school. And um, first of all, I don't think I actually had the guts to leave, even if I wanted to leave. And I think about just like meeting new people and strangers and like how that could feel unsafe for me when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know? So I just yeah. like, I wonder how you felt when you were younger. But yeah. yeah. It was definitely nice to be in a share house and kind of like a cool area, like a hipstery type area in the city. Cause I always wanted to live in the city. And I, I was grateful that I had the housemates that lived there because then I could actually meet people just in the comfort of my home or in the backyard in the summer and just, you know, oh, their friends are over and someone's playing guitar. So I'm actually really grateful for that. Cause I didn't have to go anywhere to ha- start having human connections and start talking to people. Um, it was still, I was still holding so much inside. Like it's not like I was telling people what I was healing or anything like that, but just connecting with people and, you know, books, music, like all the cultural things that I really liked was very present. So that was really cool. So I'm actually, you know, when I think about the whole journey, there's times when it felt very miserable, but it's also so perfect for like who it allowed me to become. Because like you said, like not, not uh, having the guts or whatever to leave high school. It's like, well, you have to kind of be pushed to a certain extreme point. So during that time, it's like, why does it have to be like this? But when I look back on it, it's like, well, maybe I would have stayed on that path if it had been a little bit easier for me to do so or more comfortable. So that's what I'm grateful for as well. So yeah, late night studying astrology, working service jobs, um, you know, uh, cafes and things like that. And then just studying astrology, not really having a lot of friends. So it's kind of like my housemates kind of were my social life, but I was still just like so much younger. Like, you know, I don't know if they consider me like one of their friends, but that was kind of my social life was like the people I lived with, the people I worked with and those like safe spaces. And when I was then uh, 20, I went on my very first um, backpacking trip. So I left um, Canada and went to Costa Rica with a friend of mine. And that was really life-changing for me. I learned Spanish, which I'm like good, I'd say, at Spanish. Like I'm the good level, not the fully fluent. But I did study Spanish for three months in Guatemala. And when I went on that first trip and realized, oh my God, I can just get on a plane and like go somewhere and I can just be here and be on this adventure. I did lots of things that was probably not safe. I didn't have a phone you know I don't know if anyone went backpacking in what what was what year was okay so it's 2021 now so let's say 20 uh, wait 2021 okay and this was like 10 years ago so like you know 2010 2011 anyone who went backpacking at that time we didn't have phones with the, with a computer on it you know what I mean like we were just yes. like out there we're just out there with like the lonely planet book and that's our map you know like <laughs> So definitely did a lot of stuff that was probably not safe, but it was really exhilarating. And I had beautiful experiences, crazy synchronicities. You know, when you just connect with people and you're just like, oh my God, I was still 
still hadn't really started my healing, but just the fact that I was having fun and out there and connecting with people and also having spiritual experiences like plant medicine ceremonies and things like that later in my Mm twenties. So from that first trip, I became definitely got the travel bug as people say. And for my whole twenties, that whole decade, I went on trips that were nine months long. I went on trips that were two years long where I'm not going home for two years. And anytime I was in a cycle of, I just need to make some money and just like work two jobs or like do whatever I need to do. Cause I'm not making a lot of money, but I'm going to save it all. I'm going to live in really cheap places. Um, I'm going to be uncomfortable, like live in just really like kind of shitty places so I can have the cheapest rent. So I can save the money so I can go back to Central America or go to South America, or go to Europe or go to Australia or go to Asia. And I got to go to all these places wow. and I made it happen for myself, but I still, in, not until my mid twenties, did I really start doing my healing? Now, all this time I was still studying astrology. And if it ever came up in conversation, then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, like opening up so much and all my shyness is gone. If someone else, for example, brought it up, but I assumed, you know, it wasn't something that was mainstream. So this time, you know, I tried different career paths, started bartending. I was also, my pre, my last job before I started my business was stripping. So that was the first time that I was making big girl money and I was able to like do everything I wanted to do, like get this dental work done. I got laser eye surgery. Like, you know, I was able to like get all this care for myself and really start living the lifestyle that I had always desired. But I had always been operating under this thing of like, I can't have everything I want. You know what I mean? I can't leave school and have a good job. I can't travel and live in a nice place. You, still you know what I mean? Yourself that you couldn't have a good job. You were still. Oh yeah. So I have a question. So I know myself selfish are curious because I'm curious. So at what point and what point were you like, okay, I'm going to start stripping because I think this is going to be the best money for me? Like, what did you think, and how was the experience? So. In 2017, I moved home after being gone for two years. So I had been on a massive trip from like Central America to Australia, to Asia, to Europe, to back to Central America, to California. And then I was actually dating this Australia, younger Australian man in California. And he was like, come away with me. And then I realized just something landed in me because before that, the, my previous relationship before that, like younger Australian man was a totally toxic, like just train wreck, just awful relationships, substance abuse, cycles, fighting, just like, just one of those couples that it's like, you guys are a fucking disaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Like, it's just like, this is not good at all. Like totally addictive cycle. So I was really re- in a recovery from that. Mm-hmm. And in that recovery, and I was once again in Costa Rica, even though this was like years later than my first trip. So I was in Costa Rica, had this terrible, terrible breakup. I went to a spiritual community where I did a work exchange and I stayed in the spiritual community. I was sleeping in a tent with like no, no like mattress, um, like just a sleeping bag in a tent, waking up with the howler monkeys above my tent every morning at sunrise, doing yoga, working in the kitchen at the spiritual community, just sobriety, vegetarian diet, meditation, yoga every day and doing plant medicine ceremonies. And so I had really been at a rock bottom. Like that was actually my rock bottom. And something else happened around this time where I was in this like really abusive, toxic cycle with this person. I left and I moved somewhere else in Costa Rica. And then that place got broken into days later and everything of mine was stolen. My digital SLR camera, my laptop, thousand dollars, like everything except for my passport was stolen. And all my photos from my whole trips and stuff, not backed up anywhere. Cause this was like, like not everything was on the cloud, you know? And so I was really at a rock bottom of like, I didn't even have a phone. I couldn't even listen to music. 
like I just was really and doing uh, substances and things like that. Like it was total rock bottom time. So then fast forward, I'm in this beautiful spiritual community experiencing these plant medicines. And the very first day there, there was a, a dance workshop that was a um, called five elements dance. So it's kind of like ecstatic dance, but it's like a certain structure. Like that's a, that's a company. I think the five elements where they're leading you through the different elements. The music is aligned with the elements. So you're tapping into like, Oh, it's earth. So now you're really grounded. Oh, it's air. So now you're like up here and like all flowy. And for the first time in my life, I was having this crazy breakthrough with dance where I was, and by the way, this was in the jungle, right? So I'm in this beautiful wooden kind of yoga shala, but I'm facing the jungle. I'm away from everyone else. And I'm just out. And I was, I was dancing for spirit. Like I felt like I was, I was in this like spiritual experience and I broke, broken through something that had always restricted my dancing in the past because I was a party girl, right? So I loved clubs and festivals and I would party, but I was always, there was always a restriction on like, it's gotta, it can't be too big. It can't be too much. It's gotta be sexy. Keep it, keep it down, keep it, you know, like certain just restricting the actual raw expression. And for the first time I had reached such a point where I was like, no fucks were given anymore about anything, you know, like I was just so just done and I broke, opened up in this crazy way that was so like powerful. So then fast forward a little bit, I had met this other younger man and we were like on this romance and then something awakened in me and I realized this is not really what I'm supposed to be doing. Sure, I'm having fun with this person. We're going traveling. He's this like younger man, the great. And I realized, you know, this is just an escape, right? And so I realized I have to move home. I need to go back home and like home, not with my family, but like home as in Vancouver city. And this was winter. Okay. So I never was home in winter. Canada in winter when you're traveling all the time, it's like, I'm just, why would I ever do that? So I actually didn't have winter for like five years because when it was winter in the Northern hemisphere, I went to Australia and da da da. I was always just in the sun, kind of like just yeah, stay. I totally understand that. I don't like the cold either. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, why would you go to Canada in the winter if you always travel? It makes no sense. So it's January. I moved back to Vancouver and all of these things clicked into place. Like the, the perfect apartment for me at the time, the perfect apartment with a little balcony and a view of the mountains and everything just lined up. Do, 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 do. Like the universe was like, you did the right thing, girl. It's like click, like everything just lined up for me. I got a volunteer position at a yoga studio where I just volunteered one day per week and I got unlimited yoga. So I was doing hella yoga, getting into my body and things like this. And then I decided to take my first ever dance class. So I believe I was about 27 at this time and I had never taken a dance class. And I always felt like it was too late for me to do anything. So during those few years where there was a lot of substance abuse and shitty relationships and stuff, like I, that like kind of consumed a few years of my life, like two, three years of my life where it was like, oh, I was in my early 20s. Now I'm in my late 20s. And I feel like it's too late to do anything. And I'm just, I wasted my potential and all all of these stories, right? So I began to... Um, take dance classes and after a few months and I was I'm a very serious person like I when I do something and you probably can agree because Aquarius we're a fixed sign and I have a lot of other fixed signs in my chart and the fixed signs are Aquarius Leo Taurus and Scorpio so the fixed signs is very stubborn like we like this is what I want and I'm gonna do this yeah. so I was dancing five six days a week like training and I was putting all my I was bartending and then I was like all my money was going towards these dance classes and all my people at my restaurants that I worked at would be like, oh, going to another dance class. Like, why are you doing that? It's like, because I I want to get really good at this. And then I, at some point was invited. And by the way, for any human design, human design is a topic that is uh, popular in your audience. I'm a projector in human design. So what that means is invitations. What what about? Reflector, that's me. 
overflow. Oh my God, that's amazing. So you're like the most rare. Yeah, that one. I'm like, yeah, that, <laughs> one, yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. You're here to like reflect like the in misalignment in the collective because you are so, so, so sensitive to the different changes in your environment. So you reflect back to others. So I love that. So I'm a projector, which means that invitations, like my strategy is to follow at respond to the correct invitations for me. So I was invited to audition for this dance troupe. Shout out Omnica in Motion. And I was accepted and I was like, what? Like how? And so all of a sudden I was being paid to do dance performances, like um, amazing different performances at music festivals and things like that. Now it wasn't a full-time uh, wage because it's, it's, uh, it's, for, it's for the art and it's like, oh, here's a gig. Okay, cool doing all this preparation costumes and stuff like that a lot of money was going back into the actual thing because it actually if any any uh, artistic dancers and creative dancers know it's kind of challenging to really make a lot of profit from doing the gigs that are available in a city or during the festival season you know they often don't have the biggest budget for example and so everything was feeding this passion and through entering the world of other people who are dancing. And I, it was amazing to be paid anything to get on stage, yeah. even if it was like 75 bucks and it took a month of practicing and rehearsals and studio rentals and stuff like that. Right. Um, so that was amazing just to be receiving energetically in being in exchange for my passion. And then through entering this world, I started meeting some strippers, right. Who were like, Oh, I just work whenever I want. I make all this money. And then I had no problem on the costumes for these like more creative pursuits, right? Right. No problem on renting the dance studio. No problem on having a dance studio in my own apartment because I just go to the strip club a few times a week. And that way I have all the time I need because I, a lot of my performances, and I'm sure many of your audience probably is familiar with this world too, are in festivals in the summertime. So the, the kind of transformational music festivals and things like that. Yeah. So when I had a job at a restaurant, I had to ask for that time off very far in advance to actually get the time off. And I would come home on the Monday and go straight to work, like even if I didn't sleep. And it was very not healthy for my body because I was pushing myself so hard so that I could make these gigs. And some of them were, you know, a nine hour drive away because they often take place in a more um, rural kind kind of yeah. setting. So it can be like this big empty area out in nature, mm-hmm. but the girls who were stripping, they could just, they had full time freedom and full control over their schedule. So after some conversations with these babies, I'd be like, damn, you can work with any teacher you want to work with. You can do, you can do whatever you want. Cause you have the freedom where I'd never had that my whole life. Yeah. So I was like, I think I, I want to do this. It's going to help me with my creative pursuits. And I did it for two years and it was, you know, as an Aquarius, we're, it's, uh, I'm really grateful for that time. And it showed me so much about like my capability, money mindset, energetics of money, receiving, um, having the lifestyle that I wanted for the first time in my life, where I'm really wearing what I want to wear, buying organic food, um, getting all the health things that I need and stuff like that. But at the same time, I, it wasn't a good fit for me, for my energies, and so it was like, you know, it was time to go and it was time to go. You know, those two years were a good two years. Like, how did you feel like, because I mentioned, I know you mentioned as an Aquarius, but why did you feel like at that time? I mean, of course, and like you getting the money, you getting the freedom for more choices, working on the money mindset, the receiving aspect of it, beautiful. But why did you feel like it wasn't a good fit anymore? I think it, it didn't feel great for me to, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm doing my makeup and getting ready for getting ready for the shift, listening to music at night, you know, amping myself up, listening to some podcasts, have a coffee and go out there and slay and like tap into that energy. It's really powerful. But there was, you know, Aquariuses were so authentic that 
having the smile on my face all night and having the, you know, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, conversations with the potential clients that are in the space. It was just too draining for me. And there was just too many, you know, if someone's then paying you and then they're just talking all the shit you're not interested in. It's very hard for an Aquarius to, to be authentically interested in someone that's just saying to some dumb shit, but hey, they're paying me. So it's like, okay, I'm just gonna like laugh. And so it's like, no. And you know, then you're getting offered drinks all night and I'm not really like alcohol doesn't really suit my disposition, my constitution very well, but I was drinking at that time, just trying to make it more fun. And, you know, it's also, um, a, a circumstance and like an environment where there's so much energy flying around and people will come in on different types of drugs, different, you know, just so many different types of energies flying around in a very concentrated way in a really intense space. Mm-hmm. And I have experienced social anxiety. And so it's like directly bringing me up against that like many nights. So the thing with the, uh, and it's in different all over the world, but the thing with like my experience of it was you can work whenever you want. And you can basically just like choose your own schedule and work when you want. So I put a lot of pressure on myself that, oh, well, I'm in my late 20s. I don't want to be doing this for a long time. So if I work like five nights a week, like I can, you know, save a lot of money, invest it and, you know, get have this like kind of exit plan. But I constantly was, quote unquote, failing at working five nights a week because I can just work when I want. And I might it was like my my being was like, no. (laughs) And I would go in once or twice a week. And thankfully, that was actually enough to sustain myself and still save and invest a little bit, especially compared to what I was used to making in the past. But I, I felt like I was constantly failing. I felt like I was constantly setting this goal of working a lot because I could see other girls just making mad money, killing it. And they're just like, oh my God, I love that so much for them. But for me, like it was just so much force, really forcing myself to go. And that's just not an energy I want. That's not a paradigm I'm willing to invest in anymore of anything we have to really force ourselves to do so many great experiences I actually had some really great positive experiences of that world but I definitely was will never go again and so then it was the beginning of 2020 January and pretty damn recent yeah that is pretty recent yep so totally yeah pretty recent and so at that point I because I was making money, I went and did an amazing dance workshop in Los Angeles with Galen Hooks, who's quite a famous dancer. And it's, you know, quite a, like more of a high ticket, like dance experience. Went to LA, had this amazing trip, um, training with like these top teachers that I've been following on Instagram for so long and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I'm free to do this. Yeah. And I was in a little, uh, put my, put some stuff on my credit card. Cause I was like, Oh, I'll just go to the strip club and make this money back. Right. Yeah. Because it was that beautiful flow of like, Oh, I can just go receive whenever I want. But then when I came home, something changed about me. And this was also related to astrology. Once again, there was a certain full moon that happened while I was away in, I believe it was a full moon in cancer while I was away in LA. And I was really tapping into like what I truly want and things like that. And then when I came home, you know, and in the past, because I've always not had a lot of money growing up, I was always very responsible. Like I was always able to save, even when I made minimum wage, I could save and still go traveling, which many people were not able to do. So I had a lot of discipline in that way. And I would have thought that, oh, if it's time to start my business, then I need to, you know, sit. Okay. So I forgot to mention that about three years before that, I started doing paid readings for people for on astrology. So this was just all through word of mouth. I never had a website. I never advertised and people just kept hearing about me. So anytime I did a reading someone else would get a reading I was doing maybe you know three to five readings a month just fully through word of mouth and I was doing a lot of them in person and then uh, people would hear about me that don't live in Canada or like in Amsterdam or something and so I started doing it in distance in that way but it was not a business I did not have a website I didn't have a social media so 
my private passion, which has been my private passion for 18 years, through an invitation of someone being like, can I pay you to do a reading for my partner? That is what got this in motion. And so it was one of my like four income streams because I wasn't able to go to the strip club as much as I wanted or much as I like thought, told myself I should. So I had other jobs as well, like other random jobs that were all very part-time and probably like I would work the door at an event. Like people knew me in the scene and I would like get like, oh, do you want to be the door girl at this, at this party or whatever? Yeah. So I did a lot of random stuff. And so then I'm in LA, I come home and something has changed and I'm realizing that, okay, it's, and also I looked at the astrology of 2020. Okay. So many people have been looking at the astrology, like many astrologers have been looking at the astrology of 2020, literally from like, you'll see videos on YouTube from like 2014, 2012, because the astrology of 2020 was so extreme that many people were like, what's going to happen in 2020? Like looking ahead at it, like shit's going to go down. So what I could see for sure was that economy is going to tank. Um, There's going to be all this instability in economy. And for me, in my own specific chart, that energy of chaos and destruction and change was in my house of career and work. Mm -hmm. Like, so I was like, okay, I'm not going to have job stability in 2020. So let me start having these other income streams, you know, to protect myself. And so I would have thought, okay, that because I think what you just said was very important. The fact that you were able to look ahead, see what would happen and get yourself set up in the right way. Like in terms of using astrology as a tool to help our lives, you just said, okay, well, I know the economy is tanking in this specific house and career for me. So what am I going to do? Continue. Yeah, exactly. So I saw that that was happening. I knew that was going to happen. So my goal was I'm going to make a website for my astrology so that that income stream at least can have a little bit more because that was something that there was more positive energy around like the internet online business. Like there was a totally a thing working from home. Like all of this was presented in the astrology in general. And then the way it impacted me specifically was in this house of work. So I was like, oh, for some reason, like I'm not going to have job stability. So I don't know what that means. So then I was home and something changed where I was like, all of a sudden I was like, I'm never going back to the, I hadn't made the decision that I was never going to go back to the club again, but I just kept not going. And it just felt like it started to become more and more and more distant from me. And the funny thing is I had a locker, which is very rare to have to get to score a locker at the club is a very like uh, coveted real estate right there. Like to have a locker. So I had a locker, had my shoes in there, had some lip balm in there, stuff like that. I just never went back. I never retrieved what was in my locker. And I started to do online classes on different just like from uh, Skillshare which was like this free two month trial that you can just like everyone like different people on YouTube have like these codes for like Skillshare so I just like signed up for this free trial and I was doing it like it was my job I was spending eight hours a day learning about social media graphic design sales copy da 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 all this all these different things and I, all my other jobs I wasn't doing anymore so I was all of a sudden fully fully focused on just learning the skills of what I felt weak in and like why I hadn't made it a website yet you know the things that were stopping me like I don't know about marketing I don't I don't want to I don't know about graphic design like all these different things so I was like I just went full forward and I am going to learn everything I don't know then I launched my business in March 20 March 20th of 2020 and that was another astrologically informed date that I could see I could have started my business in January but I saw that that date was when I wanted to start my business but in that preparation time even though I was in debt and I was very uncomfortable with that insecurity because I came from financial instability all my life I didn't want to have this debt and not have any income come through but I could feel the rightness when I was sitting down and doing my study and work I could feel this flow that was it was taking me on this flow Mm -hmm. and it was just felt so I was like I was just trusting what was happening yeah started my business in March fast forward to like September uh 10k months are normal in my business 
you know, fast forward to now, I just celebrated a $40,000 month last month in August, 37,000 before in July. So it's been 18 months of uh, my business. And it when it was ready, when the fruit was ripe, and it was ready to be picked. And I saw all of the confirmations mirrored in the transits in my chart. And I just knew almost like my whole life had been leading to this 18 years of studying, and all of this kind of fuckery and lessons and just like so much that held in that 18 years. And then when it was time to start the business, it was just everything from the past made sense. And I just went 100% in, dropped every other job, never went back to the strip club. And uh, here I am right now. And that's so interesting because you're the second um, person that I've had on where they actually started their business in the pandemic. And it's been Mm -hmm. very successful for them, very successful for them. So when you said, you know, you mentioned January 2020, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is pretty fresh. (laughs) This is pretty fresh. That's amazing. That is amazing. And I loved how you took us to the journey of the different points in your lives and the highs and lows and like even the noticing of I'm feeling a shift for myself internally and even with the chart and I'm going to go with that flow and now going with that flow you do astrology full-time right oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) I've been full-time right right from the start and I'm really really grateful for that it kind of seems like the success happened very quickly but then when you look at the fact that my whole life was actually preparing me for that in terms of my studies and I'm really grateful to be making you know have a multi-six-figure business almost immediately from just starting and it just when it's so right and you understand your blueprint whether you use astrology as a tool to understand that or there's other ways that you understand your blueprint when we create an alignment with who we are and we shake off all those paradigms about this is what you need to do to be successful this is what you need to be to do to need to do to be successful then we have the real magnetism because all we need to be is our express version of ourselves, like the actualized version of like our essence and so for me astrology is the way that I've been able to understand who I am what I came here to do when is the right time to do things what's my you know my business has its own birth chart I look at the transits I work with the transits with my clients and then every new and full moon is like this very very specific manifestation portal not just in oh it's a new moon or full moon but it impacts your birth chart in a specific way and that is telling you what is the opportunity to be created in that moment I like that first I want to ask what is the name of your business it's Oath Oracle. Okay. And then what do you provide? What do you provide for the people? Just because I know my self-esteem are very curious and I, I know I'm going to have it linked below, but like, oh, what are all the things that you provide? Yes. So readings are, have, we're always the bedrock of, of my business. I do the souls map reading, which is a comprehensive birth chart reading. The focus is on illuminating purpose, power, and potential. That's like my, mm, that's like what, yes, <laughs> like just lights me up purpose, power, and potential. And then I have the soul wealth reading and that's more focused on business, right? So it's, it is a birth chart reading, but we're going to be looking at wealth codes and literally business strategies that align with that person's energetic blueprint. Cause what I saw was that people enter the business world and they, try on all these strategies and they learn these things from people but like if it's not aligned with your blueprint it doesn't matter if it worked for someone else so I really saved a lot of time for myself by using that as a filtration system of like what I will try and what I will know is not actually aligned for me so I'm because I'm a very strategic person and I really went hard in learning strategy I realized that that was something one of my biggest superpowers for clients is I'll give you the strategies based on what I see about your energetic blueprint because that's going to be far more effective 
So those are one-on-one readings. I also have five month coaching containers, which have very limited spots for business coaching, weekly calls. I have a membership, which I am obsessed with. It's the Creatrix Moon Coven. And this is a business witch space where we do manifestation rituals and a full astrology workshop at every new moon, the full moon, which we are at the time we're recording this, the full moon is actually um, like day before yesterday, the full moon in Pisces, really powerful release. So we do the release work of what no longer serves and a very, you know, my my approach is quite masculine because astrology is actually quite masculine. I, I feel because the, it's taking the mystery, which is the feminine and it's categorizing it in a very like, so that's, you know, I bring a lot of that into my sessions, but then we also will do rituals together as well. And then we have a third call every month, which is my business transmission. So this is where we do business coaching and it's so fucking fun. It's the most diverse community I've ever been in. We have over 110 members right now. And it's just like one of my favorite favorite that just uh, just feeds my heart so much and I have other workshops such as uh, the path of becoming which is all about the north and south nodes which are the nodes of our past life karma and future destiny so really really super powerful topic as well as Chiron alchemy of the wounded healer so that wounded healer planetoid that I mentioned before of you know an unhealed karmic wound that's expressing in this lifetime in order to be transmuted to its highest power which is actually our greatest healing gift in this lifetime in this incarnation so those those are some of my offerings. There's other workshops in there and things that I'm launching What's in the fall. Website? It's oathoracle.com. And I'm really active on Instagram. So that's where I have a lot of, yeah, I'm very, very active there. So I recommend following me if you resonate. If anyone that's listening resonates with my work. Yes, please follow Oath Oracle. You know what? I thought that was so interesting what you said just about, first I thought it was interesting that your business has a natal chart. You said that, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah I think that's interesting. I love that. And then the fact that you use astrology in your business to help you strategize in the way that works for you. Mm-hmm. And how you talked about, there's a lot of different things that we can do, but they may not work or fit for us. And they may, you may see that somebody else does something and they're successful in that, but that doesn't mean that's the best way for you. And before you had talked about the energy of forcing, right? Like I was having to, like in, a, in terms of being an Aquarius, like not the forcing thing is not a thing for us, right? And so in terms of a selfish babes that may be interested in business and astrology, how do they use that, you know, as a tool for them to grow their mm-hmm. business the same way that you use it to grow your business? Yes. So in terms of using astrology for business, first, we want to know, first, we want to understand our own chart because it's awesome to understand the chart of our business, but we really want to know who we are first in terms of our astrological placements. I have a free PDF that people can download where you can basically have it open next to your chart and cross-reference certain things. So this covers the basic archetypes of the houses, signs, and the planets. So that's something I invite everyone to download. It's free. I'm also releasing and launching my signature program on this exact topic next month in October, and it's called Cosmic Success Code. So this has really been a long time in the making because people are always asking me, how can I learn what you do? How can I learn what you do? And so it's very powerful to be sharing this and speaking this to you right now because it really is the culmination of everything I've done so far and how I've done it. So aside from that, you know, it's really a journey of learning the language of astrology. So people often ask, what's a book I could read or or something like that? And, And there really isn't just one book. It really is kind of a relationship. It's a language and it's ultimately a relationship with yourself of learning all these different aspects of you. And so a way that I see it, and that's kind of the premise of my work is we are all a universe. 
the different placements in our chart are the different archetypes that live within our universe. Every single one of us has a Mars placement. So that means every one of us has a warrior. But based on the conditions and placement of Mars, the sign that it's in, the house that it's in, and any aspects it has, your warrior is different from my warrior. But when we understand how our warrior is supposed to express in the healthy way in this lifetime, and we understand that about all of the archetypes, so the moon placement, the sun placement, the Venus placement, when we understand that and the different aspects of our unique universe are expressing to their highest potential, we're in flow, we're collapsing time, we're manifesting like fucking crazy. It's 11-11 all the time, like synchronicities <laughs> left, right, and center. You know, like we're actualized. It's the instructions on how to actualize. When you're an actualized human being, things like business and money is easy. Yeah. Right? Because you're just being yourself yes. in the in the container and structure of, that you've created of, of business. So that's, you know, having that perspective, I think is really helpful as you go and learn who you are, because sometimes people will begin learning about their placements and feel like, oh, I wish I wasn't this or, oh, this is this. And I feel it's almost like judgment and disappointment. It's like, no, there's no such thing as a bad placement. There's no such thing as a good placement or a bad placement. We chose the placement of our chart because that is the conditions and the journey we're meant to go on that could take us to our highest potential and purpose should we choose to walk that path. So when we see that we chose every single part of our chart and we, instead of think, wishing, oh, I wish it was this instead of this, like as if it's like a random roll of the dice, it's not like that. It's more like, why did my higher self choose this for my myself you know getting curious about that and then understand that everything in your business gets to also be in alignment with all of what you are yeah I like that and I always tell my selfish babes often the tools and the people that I bring on that share these tools which is why I just always thought it was very important to talk about the spiritual aspects of different things have helped me really become who I am, have helped me navigate my own life. I've had a natal chart done before. I haven't had done one done in a while, which is why I want to have another one and can book Aisha. Okay, so I'm with mine, my next one. But my thing is like, all of this is very helpful to my life. And I say this and I talk about this often because I know for me growing up in a Christian home, it's not something that was talked about. It wasn't something that I was explored. Some of the things that, or even the guests that I've brought on, some people may come from the perspective, oh, that's not from the church, so that's demonic. And so for me, I really love to bring women on and people talking about these tools they use to help navigate their own lives. Because for me, first of all, I think it's only beneficial. And I think that some people are born with some amazing spiritual gifts that they came to share with the world and you can help so many people, but some people may still have some walls up or some ideas of what these things may be and the idea that certain things are inherently evil and so they won't ever explore it. And so when I have my guests come on and talk about these things, it's just to help open up the minds of some of the selfish babes that may have grown up in a similar situation as mine Mm -hmm. and now they're more open to it. Like even in my Selfish Spoke Academy, I'm always talking about, no, no, get the reading, get the reading, of course, from a trusted, a trusted person, right? And I even know you've had the issue of some scammers on Instagram. I've seen it hugely in Instagram yep. now. So I'm gonna let y'all know again, okay, selfish page listening. Ain't nobody gonna reach out to you to, to get to ask for a reading, okay? You will reach out to the person. You are not, like, they're not going to reach out to you. If a person is reaching out saying, hey, I really wanna give you a reading. I really want you to pay me for this reading. That's a red flag. You approach the person. You book the person. They're not going to reach out to you. I want to put that PSA because I know some of my selfish babes have experienced that. I've seen a lot of spiritual people in the community experiencing that. And it's like these fake pages popping up that look exactly like the fucking page. Yes. And I, 
I haven't had it happen on your page, but there was another person I was interviewing. I literally followed her real page, right? She followed me back. Then her fake page followed me. Like an hour later, I screenshot and I texted her. I said, girl, look at the fake page. And I'm just like, damn, these people getting smart. Oh yeah, they are pretty ruthless. And I've had seven fake accounts and I've had, yeah, it's it's really, really sad. And I see the messages that they send because people will send me the screenshots where they're like, oh, I connected with your photo and I just really need to give you a reading and stuff like that. And it's like, I'm booked out till January. Like yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like I usually book out four to six months in advance. So that it, it's just, yeah, that just, I like what you say. Just, they're <laughs> not going to reach out to you. Just reach out to the person. And now that this scamming is more and more and more, anyone who was doing any kind of reaching out, like any reader wouldn't be do I don't think they'd be doing it anymore you know what yeah. I mean like I think this is ending that if that ever yeah. if there was anyone that did reach out for readings like it's just it's not we we, we can't be doing that anymore because of the, the scammers realizing it's an opportunity to profit right yeah. and the sad thing is like profiting off of people who are seeking spiritual guidance who just want like connection or guidance or clarification and stuff like that it's like that really sucks yeah no and which is why I just wanted to make this message again and say that because you know, it's people like that, that that turn people off to it. It's people like that that may give people such a negative view on the spiritual community mm-hmm. or the energetics or the metaphysical world and, and really put it down. I think we're really in a wonderful time where the unseen world can be ah, so beautiful, mm-hmm. a sense of like really understanding who you are and who you came to be, right? And really... Uh, opening you up to a whole new world. Like for me, I always talk about my spiritual journey and, and the things that I do. I do like African spirituality. I practice Santeria and other different things, but it's just like that has been so beautiful for me. And I love to share that with people because I know sometimes they see the opposite. They see the opposite of what that is or they see the opposite of how that is marketed to be in the world. Mm-hmm. And I want to show them that, hey, no, it doesn't have to be that way. It can actually be very beautiful. And so I wanted to make sure I said that nobody's going to reach out to you you have to do the reaching out because yeah. for me these spiritual duels have been wonderful for me me getting messages from my ancestors me knowing certain moves to take or knowing that I'm guided mm-hmm. in the right direction that helps me to continue going and I know that there's a selfish babe listening where it's just like sometimes you just need that one sign or more clarity on where you're at and who you are to know yeah. okay I'm going to keep going in this direction and that's mm-hmm. okay to have which is why I really I'm saying that some people are, are really like beautifully spiritually gifted and I know that they came to share their gifts and I want to make sure that people know that there's an opportunity to exchange right somebody can share their mm-hmm. gifts gives you a reading and then you can get clarity on your life and I know I show you talk you haven't talked about it yet you talk a little bit about it when it comes to money but I know you have a passion about money can you get more into that yes so you know I spent all of my childhood and most of my 20s in like basically bordering on like true poverty like actual poverty food bank um not having enough uh you know a lot of instability and it's funny how sometimes we can judge when others have money as being all about the money but actually when we don't have money we're also all about the money because the choices that we make are limited the options that we have before us are limited based on our finances so the clothes that we wear the places we go eat the groceries we get the place that we live none of it is truly like what I would truly choose if I could choose anything it's all actually based on financial limitations and that was what I really experienced and I because I love traveling I learned how to save but I just never had a lot of inflow so I had made a lot of sacrifices and I really, yo, if I want to do this, I just have to sacrifice all these other things. 
And through, you know, especially during that stripping chapter, for the first time in my life, I just had the money to make the choice I truly wanted to make. And I learned so much about myself through actually being able to make the choices and be where I wanted to be, adorn my temple in what I wanted to adorn my temple in, start eating all organic foods, taking better care of my health. And I became more of who I am through having that power. And this also is something I want to say to what you were just sharing before about how um, we can have these judgments on like esoterica or astrology or the unseen realms as something which is like demonic or evil and what came up what to me, for me when you were saying that is knowledge is power and it's up to us to use power and wield power in healthy ways it's the same with money money gives us power because money gives us options and what we can choose and what we can contribute it amplifies who we are so what we do with that power that is up to us and as a woman of color i realized there's so much programming and different things that we specifically experience in being literally oppressed in different ways and being literally uh, a lot of messaging is given to us we may be the first person in our uh, lineage in a long time perhaps who has been able to make their own wealth for example if I think of women in Pakistan, um, you know, they are almost viewed more as property than someone who can have their own wealth and their own power and do what they want to do and yeah. do everything they want to do without needing the support of their husband or something yes. like that. So for me, unraveling that and reclaiming that, as well as reclaiming my desire to have money, where before there was a judgment on that. It's like, ah, I want to make money just because I want to go traveling and it's not really about this and I don't want to seem superficial. But then I started to realize that the more we are able to make the choices that we truly desire from ourselves, from our essence, we are literally actualizing more into who we came here to be. And so then it's crazy because when I was stripping, I used to think I'll never make this much money again. So I better go work a lot. I better save a lot of this and invest, you know, because I was in my late twenties and I didn't want to be doing it for a long time. And now I make way more than I did when I was a stripper. And it's crazy because money is a natural byproduct of living in alignment with who you are. And for me, the way of understanding that that just made sense to me was astrology because it's like I'm literally looking at myself. I'm looking at a language of communication with my higher self that I'm in communion with. And one more thing I want to say about that is that we can, especially when we start on the paths, I've specifically seen this with astrology and tarot, we can give our power away to the thing. And it's like, no, it's still about you having the answers. It's just another way of viewing it and gaining clarity on that. But we still have the answers. The, the, something like the uh, tarot is never going to really, we can't outsource our power to those things. Okay. It just keeps coming back to wielding our power in healthy ways. Oh, I love that. I'm somebody that I agree with you in terms of money. I've had done my own money work or money mindset. I'm still doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. a person that declares that I'm a wealthy woman and wealthy in all the different ways. And, yes. um, you know, I, I grew up not really having enough, you know, or we never really had enough. And um, I saw an eviction sign on the door. And so for me, at that point, I was like, this is never happening. I said, mm-hmm. I when I leave... <laughs> I'm going to make so much money like that this never happens, you know, to my kids or to me. And and since then, I view um, the, the having money, like the physical money and having wealth as an opportunity for freedom in different ways. Just like how you talked about the freedom of choice for your food, the freedom of choice for travel. For me, the freedom of choice if I want to sit in first class and know that that yes. is I desire. You know, there was a trip that I took. I think I took I took a trip to China for 12 hours and I was in the middle seat. 
I was in the middle fucking seat. <laughs> and that pushed me. And I was so grateful that wow. I, had, I had, like, I have lines of credit that are, like, l- like large. And I was so grateful. And I said, bitch, when I come back, I got to fly first. Like, I, I can't. I can't. Like, and I told myself when I travel, I have to do that. And so whatever it is that I need to do to make sure that when I travel, I'm in first class because that's what I truly desire, the comfort, the ability to leave mm. back and sleep. Like, all that matters to me. And so... When I came back after that, those days that I was there, I made sure that I flew back in first class. And that was one of like a, those big, you know, those big, those time of letting a large amount of money go at one time. Mm-hmm. Now yes. it's become so normal to me now. And I'm so grateful, you know, because back then, like, like similar to you, like there wasn't a lot of that freedom or choice. And I wasn't really able to fully express who I really am. And I know I still have a ways to go. I know that there will be more full expressions of myself, the more wealth that comes into my life. And so I'm very grateful that you're able to touch on the topic of money and wealth and and what that could mean, because I know the Selfish Babes listening, I want you guys to know that you really can create the life that you truly desire. You may not want to be a person that flies first class. Maybe you want a farmhouse in the South and grow, yeah. grow some veggies. That's cool, right? I always tell people success is what success is for you. And only Absolutely. you know that. And I love the coming back to self. Like you said, the power is not in the tarot. You know, you learn more about yourself and you get the signs, but you remember the powers within. So all the things that these people share, it always comes back to ourselves, understanding who we are and knowing who we are. And I think that's such a strong foundation in terms of being a selfish babe and selfish, Mm -hmm. authentically loving yourself. It's coming back to self because you can never replicate or be a replication of somebody else. You have your own unique codes, your own unique universe like within yourself. And your stars are aligned in a certain way, right? Your chart is aligned in a certain way. And so it's just like, that is different. That is unique to you. And so again, it's coming back into self, but we do have the mm. tools that we can start to use. And I want to thank Aisha for being um, on today's podcast. Definitely follow her on Instagram at oath.oracle. Definitely check out one of her courses. Definitely book a reading if you feel so, okay, in your spirit. <laughs> I know I feel it in my spirit, so I'm booking a reading. <laughs> yes. But, um, is there any last words that you want to leave the selfish babes, my love? Oh, it's just been such a pleasure and privilege to connect with you, another Aquarius sister doing her thing, being in her power. And I just want to share that I believe each and every one of us has our unique purpose, power and potential. And that's, I believe what all of us deeply desire is to be on that path. And just like what you said, we can never replicate others. And any time that we spend doing that, we're energetically investing in something that's not going to bring us that true fulfillment. And often we, and you know, I live most of my life holding a shield up over who I really was and all the energy that that took to hold that shield was my own creative life force energy and that is the true wealth the true wealth is our is our time it's our energy it's being fully alive in our bodies and so for me what I'm so grateful with astrology for is helping me fall in love with myself and I believe when we live in that state of being in love other things come a lot more naturally so even when we're in a space where our uh, external reality is not reflecting the wealth of our 
energy in this moment. (laughs) Trust that it will when you keep realigning and readjusting and learning more about yourself and uncovering more and then taking the inspired action based on what you have discovered. You can really trust that because there's people that have money that don't feel wealthy. Yeah, They're not empowered, right? It keeps coming back to power. They're not empowered. So if you find that empowerment within yourself, that wealth, wealthy energy within yourself, within your womb space, within your body, you trust that it will begin to reflect and mirror back in your reality. It is the truth. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, love. I'm so grateful that you were able to share yourself with us today. Okay. Such a blast. Thank you so much, (laughs) Beauty.